a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, what's cracking, everybody? Good Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday, December 19, 2023. Only a few shopping days left for those holiday procrastinators. Good morning and welcome to Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, episode number 518. We got a great show for you today over the next 45 minutes. Me, you, Senfilis, Marcus Kyler, the Yeet Crew, KPDP, Tim Kossif, Zam Zombie Guy, Justin the Hamburglar, Mia Dubs, the mod team, all the folks like N, N Ithua Epson on LinkedIn and Michael Fink on LinkedIn, the whole crew on YouTube. First timers and long timers, I am so excited because we're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize this at work this week, this month, next quarter, you know, 2024 planning? There is insights here for you to leverage. And don't sleep if you are trying to break in the industry and you think that this is for practitioners only. My friend, not true. You're going to be asked in any single cyber job interview, how do you stay current on industry? Guess what? This right here, home run answer, I promise you. You're going to hear the terminologies, the concepts. And we've got breaking news for you first-timers right out the gate that you're absolutely going to want to mic drop at an interview coming up after the intro speech here. Plus, the networking is phenomenal. Frank Andriuli, Laura Flores, JSO Burbeck, if you're breaking into the industry, say hi to these people. Carrie, INQ, Pastor of Muppets. Guys, the networking, the sharing of resources, the celebrating of wins together, and the words of encouragement when the when the news is less than ideal, right? That's what we're doing here. It's a community. That's what Simply Cyber is. It's a community. But before I launch into the top cyber news stories of the day, I want you to know I literally do not prepare or research for any of these stories. And normally all I get to see is the headline because I bring up the stories and get them ready for the show. But CISO series did not provide the blog post today. So I am literally flying blind. I have no idea where we're going minus the first story. So giddy up on that. Before we get into the show, I want to say shout out to the stream sponsors who allow me to be here every single morning showing up for you, serving this beautiful community, starting with my good friend Brandon Poole and his team over at Panopsi Security. Panopsi Security, get a partner who understands your cyber program. Or maybe you don't even have a cyber program. This could even read, get a partner who can build your cyber program. 
listen, they have immense amounts of cybersecurity knowledge and experience. So if you need help, like mentorship or um, like VC, so basically someone to come in and give you a direction, right? You know how to row a boat. You know how to put a life vest on. You just don't know where you're driving the boat. Guess what? Panopsi can hop in the boat, stick their thumb in their mouth, feel the wind and say, go in that direction and then hop out of the boat. Right. And then you can roll your butt off, go all the way down. This is all a metaphor. You're not going to be in a boat. It's literally talking about the strength, growth and maturity of your cyber program, ultimately driving cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders. Panopsi.com. Go check them out. I do love me some Brandon Poole. Also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training. Don't be shy, squad members with the Anti-Siphon Training emotes. Recently renewed for uh, the first half of 2024. Anti-Siphon Training is going to continue to disrupt the traditional training industry by providing high quality, cutting edge education in the cyberspace to everybody. And when I say everybody, I mean everybody, regardless of their financial position. You have zero dollars, no problem. Get in here. We got training for you. You have $10 of disposable income and you want to give it to Anti-Siphon to say, hey, this is great training. Here's 10 bucks. Whatever it is that you want, you pay what you can. That's it. End of story. No questions asked, by the way. You don't have to justify anything as to what you're paying if it's $0. Get cutting edge education from top industry leaders, including Bo Bullock, who I might remind you is my guest this Thursday on Simply Cyber Live. Sideways plug. Sideways plug. Anti-siphon training. Link in the description below. Go to the training tab. Pay what you can training and check it out. They've got massive training opportunities coming out at the end of January and early February. Also Barricade Cyber, but more about them at the mid-roll. Y'all, oh, this is great. Mod team. I love you, mod team. I love you, Eric Taylor. Barricade Cyber, Eric Taylor, not just helping businesses deal with their uh, cybersecurity incidents, but also helping the mod team get the stories lined up. Thank you. Guys, every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief, just like this one, is worth one half of a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat, grab a screenshot, file it away every single day. And when it comes time to uh, do your CPEs, just say, um, count the number of files, right? <laughs> and multiply it by 0.5. You will be hot to trot, my friends. All right. If you're here live with us, say what's up, hashtag Team SC. In chat, I'm starting to push the Team SC. Replay, Team SC. Live, Team SC. We are one community. As fun as it is to have Team Live and Team Replay, I've come to realize I don't want to be divisive with, you know, the haves and the have-nots, the, the lives and the replays. It's one community. Hashtag Team SC. Team SC. And more about that at the all-hands meeting on January 4th, if you're able to attend to see what's cracking uh, with the community and what I have planned for all of us in 2024. Definitely check that out. All right. And finally, 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 if it is your first episode, welcome, my friend. If today is your first episode, if you just stumbled in here, someone told you about it, you've been trying to catch the show and just kept missing it, but today's your first episode, has, hashtag first timer, hashtag first timer in chat, hashtag first timer in chat. If it's your first episode, We've got special, special things for you, friends. Special gifts, special sound effects, special emotes. Welcome to the party, pal. We would love to welcome you to the party, pal. What's up, DP? I saw KP in chat earlier. 
Great to see you two here live with us. Another couple friends that I met in person at Wild West Hackenfest, the best conference ever to conference. All right, guys, it's it's time to do work. You know how we do. But before I get into the top cyber news stories of the day, let me break some breaking news. This is breaking as of like 15, uh, 30 minutes ago. As far as I know, we talk. Hello. Normally, I would just let this story get picked up by the news cycle and cover it. But guess what? Alf V, ransomware threat actor, tier one threat actor, you know, fighting Lockbit for the top spot as grossest, most dangerous, effective uh, threat actor has been seized. Their site has been seized by law enforcement. Again, Yes, I look forward to reading the story about how this went down. You could see the Ukrainian law enforcement's in here, German law enforcement, obviously United States law enforcement, Polish law enforcement. Australia's in here. Get them ready for Worldwide Wednesday. Australia's in here. Some of these other ones I can't recognize. I'm sure this this fourth one from the left, which is the Crown, maybe that's some type of UK people. I know. I know the uh there's a there's a sub faction of uh, royals up in up in the team SC. Uh, but anyways, guess what? Alfie Black Cat, suck it. See you later. I know that this is going to create a void for Lockbit to fill, but I don't care. Alfie Black Cat, major player, has been taken down. Thank God. We are. I'm going to consider this uh, like this is one of those ones where like the episode ends and you feel good. Like we've won a battle. The war is still raging, but we've won a, a major decisive battle. Woo. All right. Let's go. Here we go. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an ice oh, in a in an awesome wave. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. These are the Cybersecurity Headlines for Tuesday, December 19th. Oh, I see some first-timers in chat. Tina Davis, Johnson, Ifeodora. What's up? Welcome to the party, pal. Sorry, my breaking news crap uh, crashed on top of uh, first-timers. But there you go, first-timers. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. 2023. I'm Rich Straffolino. Play ransomware is no game. The U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation issued a joint warning about the Play Ransomware Group, along with CISA and the Australian Signals Directorate's Australian Cybersecurity Center. This claims the group breached about 300 organizations since it surfaced in June 2022. This included several critical infrastructure organizations across North America, South America, and Europe. The advisory included mitigation measures specific to the group. Overall, the FBI recommended organizations prioritize patching known issues, do routine vulnerability assessments, and implement multi-factor authentication. Basically, all the normal things that we flip out about on this channel every single day. Guys, I'm telling you, like, it, it... Okay, here's the deal. I know it's wicked cool to have, like, you know, nine monitors and, you know, two keyboards, mechanical keyboards, clacking, like dark, you know, black hoodies, right? I got the black hoodie on for my hacker wardrobe, right? Like 
it's cool to do zero days and leet speak and neon colors and all that other crap. Guess what? Fundamentals. Fundamentals. Threat actors will move on to the next business if you have like mediocre security. Okay. Multi-factor authentication is standard practice today. It's not optional. It is required. Backups, patching, these things that they're talking about. Ah, you gotta patch it. It's freaking 101, bro. Like, please, critical organizations, like your critical infrastructure, like an example might be like an energy company or a transportation company, right? It's not government owned. It's private sector, but it supports a direct social uh, you know, need. Uh, that is public sector, okay? Play ransomware, 300 victims, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Ransomware, it doesn't matter if it's Play, Royal, Vice, Medusa, you know, Scattered Spider. It doesn't matter. It is a freaking blight. And you need, until you get to an advanced level of information security maturity, you don't need to worry about what threat actor it is, right? You're not putting in controls because Royal Ransomware is targeting higher education and your higher education. So you're going to put in these specific controls around TTPs. No, like put multi-factor in. I don't, it, it will work. Believe me. Okay. Do, you know, account reviews, permission reviews, logins, you know, firewall rules, phishing policy, like do all the, th put a security email gateway in place. If you don't have that, like do the do the things that you're supposed to do and then worry about the finer, finer things. Okay. It, it just kills me. Uh, just as a quick aside, cause I do love offering up additional information that you're not going to get anywhere else. Certainly not from the news story, the Australian signals directorate. Okay. This is like the Australia CISA kind of uh, glum hippo wants me to go on. Uh, a rant about companies still using OAuth 1. Thanks for the super chat. Can we just become best friends? Yep. Uh, I can't. Maybe a jaw jacking glum hippo. Uh, I appreciate that. But um, we, we can get into that later. <laughs> Let me tell you about this. The Australian Signals Director. If you are uh, a window shop, right? And you're looking to um, have a basic understanding of ways that you can implement uh, decent controls on Windows endpoints. The Australian Signals Directorate actually has a nice little, um, they call it like the Security 8 controls or something like that. Um, I think it's Security Controls 8 or something like that. What 8 Essential, that's what it's called right here. Uh, basically here, I, I'll drop this in. Like if you like seriously, if you're just kind of like trying to figure it out and you know, it's, you're like a one person shop or whatever, this is a decent, like this is not... This is not an information security program. This is literally around how to harden Windows endpoints, okay? Like CIS has uh, control baselines, but if anyone here has ever tried to implement a CIS baseline, you know exactly what the problem is doing that. And, and just really high level. They're way too granular. They're way too bloated. Yes, if you roll out a CIS baseline, it will harden the device, but it will also make it almost unusable to the end user. So CIS baseline is like killing a mosquito with a cannon. It, it's it's way too over the top. And because of that, you typically lose political capital when you try to roll it out. It's a hot mess express. If Literally, if anyone in chat has tried to roll out a CIS baseline on uh, a Windows endpoint, let me know if you've had similar experiences. But this right here, the Essential 8, this is a nice little kind of hack 
I like to think of this as like when you take the kids to the restaurant, and they get the crayons and like the activity menu. Like that's what this is. I'm not, I'm not downplaying. I'm not saying this is for kids. I'm saying that it's, it's easy to follow. It's basic. It's, it's like a great start. Okay. All right. The return of Quackbot. Back in August, a coordinated law enforcement effort led by the FBI took down the infrastructure of Quackbot, which at the time compromised over 700,000 machines globally. Now, researchers at Microsoft report seeing new activity from the group as of December 11th. This attack targeted the hospitality industry using a spoofed IRS phishing message with malicious PDFs attached. Cisco Talos reported a rise in Quackbot affiliate traffic back in October, but this is the first new activity from the group directly since the takedown. Hacking. All right. So Quackbot um, is very much, uh, I think it's like a banking Trojan. Um, all right. So Quackbot is, you know, like basically, I feel like Quackbot is 2023's like Emotet. You know, like, I don't know if you guys remember, Emotet in like 2017, 2018 was a, was a, was a freaking problem. It was like Emotet, Trickbot, Ryuk ransomware. But Emotet was the initial infection, the dropper, if you will. Quackbot's very similar in the way that it just like, it's like a rash that you, you know, the dermatologist is like, I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it, we don't know. We can treat it with topical, but it, it's a hot mess. Like it's, you know, like you, you're going to have a flare up of Quackbot, right? Um, so they said you get initially infected again, th these Quackbots and Emotets, they're like initial infection malwares, right? They're like droppers basically. They're the ones that go through and get an email or landing pages or drive-by installs and stuff like that. Um, so you've got to educate your end user. This is what you educate your end users on because your end user is the one who's accidentally going to attempt to install Quackbot on their machine. Um, you don't have to say Quackbot to the end user, but you can use it in your um, in your education materials around around this. Now they said that fake IRS emails are currently what their uh, the threat actors are using for delivery mechanisms. You should be educating your end users on all sorts of phishing emails. It sounds like there's an uptick in activity around fake IRS emails. Makes sense. Well, usually it's closer to tax filing time in April for US citizens, but whatever. Um, this is what they're doing now. So I would definitely educate your end users around IRS malware. I mean, IRS malware, IRS um, spam emails. You could see here, they've got a screenshot of what it would look like. Uh, it's a fake Adobe uh, installer. Use the screenshot. Dude, humans love visual, like to consume things visually. It's more interesting if you give them a word wall, right? If, the, if you had one slide and it looked like this, no one's going to get anything out of it. If you had one slide that said, warning, like big white letters on a red flag background, warning. And then the next slide was this. Everybody's paying attention. Everybody's listening. You've got to understand how to effectively communicate. And by the way, like, again, because this is like GRC related, I'm getting all sorts of frothed up and passionate here, but end user awareness training is an art form. Okay. Anyone can do it, right? Anyone can put a PowerPoint together and force people to sit there effectively modifying people's behaviors in a way that they opt into, that is the trick and that is the skill. And that's what effective information security awareness does. Because when Carl gets this email and realizes, hey, I remember this, right? 
that means you've done your job well, right? Also, hopefully they don't even get the email because you put email security gateways in place that catch these things. But just be mindful. And then finally, for the um, SOC analysts out there, um, you know, obviously Quackbot's got tons of indicators of compromised IOCs. Go, go, um, do detection tuning here. Do detection tuning for your SIM and uh, go threat hunting. Quackbot is an excellent threat hunting target, right? Like if you're if you're new to threat hunting or you want to get into threat hunting, Quackbot would be perfect. There's there's a surge in activity. Everybody knows what it is that's in the industry. Um, there's an a load of um, indicators of compromise you can go looking for, right? It is a banking trojan. Nailed it. Okay, actually, hold on. Toasty, nailed it. Anyways, here is the IOCs. You can get them directly from CISA, Our Lady Jen Easterly of Cybersecurity. Uh, her crew always making the IOCs available for everybody. Thank you very much. Let's go on to the next story. With Mr. Cooper. In a filing with Maine's Attorney General's Office, the mortgage and loan company Mr. Cooper, previously known as NationStar Mortgage, confirmed it lost data on over 14 million customers in a recent cyber attack. Data included names, social security numbers, and bank account numbers. On its site, Mr. Cooper indicated the attack impacted 4 million current customers. A filing with federal regulators, however, confirms the rest of that comes from past customers. The company did not reveal further details about the method or party behind the attack. All right, Mr. Cooper, silly name for a company, but it does hold and manage $937 billion in loans. Nearly, uh, what's after a billion dollars? A trillion? Nearly a trillion dollars in loans. Holy crap. Four million customers. Um, I really think that this is going to just be a downstream impact, right? Like, um, they got all the information for, I guess, 14 million people. Hey, like, you know, there's been an issue with your mortgage. Um, click here. Hey, your, your house is going to get repossessed. Click here. Hey, like your loan percentage is going to go from what you locked in in 2011 at 3% to we're refinancing your mortgage, whether you like it or not, to 12%. Click here, right? Like, like it just screwing with people's money and people's homes. Like you're hitting really, really deep into the Maslow pyramid of uh, or hierarchy of needs. Um, there's going to be a lot of people who get tricked into this and uh, give up information, which totally sucks. Um, yeah, it's no good. I mean, you would hope, I don't understand how they got hit, but nearly a trillion dollars of managed loans. You'd think that they had pretty good cybersecurity, but this is actually interesting. They say in the story, hackers gained access on the 30th and were ejected. Not a term we use in the industry, by the way, they were ejected on November 1st, which means they were identified, they gained access on the 30th, immediately were identified or detected, a term we do use in the industry, and were uh, quarantined and removed from the environment, another term we use in the industry, uh, two days later. So um, I don't know if maybe they only like, like, they were only in there for a day and a half, and they they were able to pull all this data from a database. So very enterprising threat actors, but I, I gotta, I gotta say, I can't crap on the information security team at Mr. Cooper. Detection, like I assume, immediately and then uh, removal immediately is pretty good. Normally, um, 
It's called um, dwell, dwell Time, D-W-E-L-L, Dwell Time. Dwell Time is the period between initial compromise and detection, right? So if a threat actor busts into your environment uh, and you don't f figure it out for like a month, that's a 30 days of dwell time. Now, dwell time, the industry will like beat their chest and talk about how dwell time has gone down. Because right, obviously, you want as little dwell time as possible, right? Someone breaks into your house. You want to know immediately that they're hiding in your closet, right? You don't want to just like live your life with somebody in the closet for a month, right? Or in your pantry. That dwell time is important. Uh, ransomware has screwed the dwell time because a lot of threat actors break in and then immediately announce that they're there because they've ransomware all your stuff and they want money. Uh, but security vendors have taken have taken a victory lap talking about how dwell time has gone down significantly since their product has been introduced. But in reality, the dwell time, the threat actors are actually reducing their own dwell time. Shout out to the SOC team over there. Uh, Two-day dwell time is pretty good. I got to tell you, uh, like average, I'm just curious really quickly, average dwell time, cyber 2023, eight days. The average dwell time is eight days. So they were significantly lower uh, than that, which is great. Again, eight days. It used to be like a year, like in, in like the early 2000, uh, like mid 2000s, it was like a year or more. Anthem, the famous Anthem data breach, one of the largest healthcare data breaches in history, it was like 700 days or something like that. Something crazy. Um, all right, let's keep going. I'm all over the place. Predatory Sparrow blamed for Iranian fuel attacks. The Israeli-linked hacktivist group Predatory Sparrow claimed it orchestrated a cyber attack against Iran's fuel network. The attack reportedly disrupted services at roughly 70% of the country's gas stations. Iranian media quoted the group, saying it planned the attack to avoid disruption to emergency services. Iran's civil defense agency said it's still investigating the incident. Oil minister Javad Auji said impacted stations have resumed some manual operations, but confirmed the wide scope of the disruption. And now... All right. Um, so a couple of things here. One, uh, threat actors hitting, uh, hitting Iran, Israeli-linked hackers. If you don't know, Israel is uh, exceptionally good at cybersecurity. Exceptionally good. Like... Small country, big, big cybersecurity skills. A lot of really effective cybersecurity tools and companies actually come out of Israel, if you did not know that. Um, Stuxnet, <laughs> if you're familiar with Stuxnet, which is totally on brand for this story because Stuxnet was um, an attack on Iran, uh, Natan's nuclear um, facility. That was Israel in the United States. Uh, also, that story is covered at length inside of This Is How They Tell Me the World Ends, the book by Nicole Pelroth. Pick it up now. It's an amazing book. Absolute, absolute recommended reading. Um, again, I, I, anytime this comes up, I have to show it on stream. It's so freaking good. This book right here. So good. It's so hot. That Hansel's so hot right now. Yeah, this book is so hot right now. All right. So uh, the one thing I will say, 70% of Iran's gas stations are hit. That's not good. So obviously this is a critical infrastructure. This is a perfect example of like when you hit critical infrastructure, how it can impact society. I don't know what, you know, uh, Iranians are doing, but like driving to work, driving to the school, drop your kids off fleeing Iran, fueling tanks, right? Like, I mean, you don't drive a tank into a gas station, but you get my point. Um, 
this is a major hit for for Iran, basically. I will say one nice thing. Israel said that they intentionally targeted the attack to avoid critical infrastructure. So they weren't trying to cripple Iran. They were just trying to like piss them off, I think. Um, so I guess good. But um, anyways, this is just an example of yet another cyber. Uh, like when we talk about cyber warfare and cyber as a military capability, this is what we're talking about right here, guys. There's only this is one thing that I've been saying a lot in my Cyber 101 course. There's only one internet, and it is an incredibly hostile internet. I know you're watching Home Alone on Disney Plus with your family, and you're like, oh, this is great. Streaming video, the internet, the information superhighway, the computer keyboard cowboy. Woo! But in reality, it's the same freaking internet where Israel Israel is uh cyber attacking gas stations. You know what I mean? Like there's only one and it is hostile. So um, there, there's a lot out there, right? And, and cyber as a capability, super interconnected systems, critical infrastructure. It's, um, you know, this is why we have jobs, guys. This is why the industry is growing. This is why it's not going anywhere. This is why it, it, we're, the, for, countries are dependent upon it. All right. Word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Facing a ransomware attack? Don't panic, remain calm, and remember to contact Barricade Cyber Solutions, the DFIR team trusted to quickly recover business data with exclusive ransomware recovery services for small and medium businesses alike. Recover from ransomware and get your business back online with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Visit recoverfromransomware.com to schedule a call with the team today. All right, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Love it, love it, love it. Recoverfromransomware.com. Eric Taylor, the team over there. If you get hit with ransomware, hey, we can take a victory lap because Alfie's down, but Lockbit's right there. And more threat actors will fill in until it's so bad to get caught for ransomware that you don't want to do it. Let's do this. All right, guys. Love it, love it, love it. Thank you all so very much for being here. Hashtag mid-roll. Guys, thanks to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi Security, Anti-Siphon Training. So happy, so grateful, so appreciative for those businesses um, sponsoring the stream, allowing me, like literally allowing me to get up every morning at 7 a.m., get my coffee, get going, and be able to connect with this community and deliver value. If you are getting value from the stream, whether it's entertainment value or educational value or networking value or any value, do me a favor and hit the like button on YouTube. Hitting the like button on YouTube literally triggers the algorithm to tell other people looking for cybersecurity content to come check out this stream. So pay it forward and let's do what's up. I'm noticing we're, we've been kind of chilling around 300, 400 people uh, on the stream uh, yesterday and today. So I, I think a lot of people are taking uh, taking vacation and catching up on replay, but it's all good. Guys, let's talk about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Thank you, FZAC. Hey, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, if you are looking to... Hold on. Let me, let me get on this one second. I think I'm, I'm trying to see who, yes, Anthony Clay. That's right. Thank you. 
Um, so check it out. If you would like to build your professional network in a meaningful way with supportive, inclusive cybersecurity people, listen up. Go on LinkedIn and search for this hashtag. Hashtag simply cyber community challenge. Search for that hashtag. Every single day, one person has the baton and they post their story. Anthony Clay had the baton yesterday. So go find Anthony Clay's LinkedIn post yesterday and connect with Anthony. Here's the trick, okay? This is the best part. Connect with Anthony. Comment on Anthony's post. Connect with the people in the comments. I, I'm, I do this myself. Many of you uh, may have connected with me yesterday for the first time because of that. But here's the deal. That's five minutes of your time. Five minutes of your time. That's it. Now, because your post is in the comments, everybody that comes after you is connecting with you. So you're passively building your professional network with cybersecurity, real supportive, inclusive people from this community. Do you see how it works? Five minutes of activity a day, 23 hours, 55 minutes of the rest of the day <laughs> is passively growing your network. It's so good. Priceless Pancake with a super chat. Thanks, Priceless Pancake. Hit that like button, pay it forward. So Anthony Clay, if you're in chat, would love for you to tag somebody. Anthony Clay in chat, tag somebody and let's keep the Simply Cyber Community Challenge going. Jenny Housley, by the way, shout out to Jenny Housley. She definitely gets an I love mod emote. Where's the I love mods? Jenny Housley has been maintaining the Simply Cyber Community Challenge for 213 straight baton passes. Jenny Housley, amazing professional, generous woman very kind-hearted and a mod at simply cyber so thank you very much jenny for all you do anthony clay please tag somebody all right guys it's tidbits tuesday a segment where i like to share a little bit about me see if we resonate and uh i got a good one for you today so many of you know that i drink coffee every single day on stream right i love love coffee and i'm, I'm really really picky um which is I guess a blessing and a curse, but I know what I like and I know what I don't like. And I, so, so check this out. I am super pumped. I've been, I've been looking for coffee. I, some of you may remember when I drank the crank coffee, that episode, I was looking coffee roasters have reached out. They want to partner with me. If, if it's like my official, the drink coffee I drink, but I'm not going to say I'm drinking a coffee and not drink it and, and sell, you know, coffee with someone else. So, what I wanted to share with you is my love for coffee, right? I only drink it in the morning. I don't drink it in the afternoons. I love big, bold, dark, robust, rich, you know, coffee. I love, love it, love it. And I'm super pumped to share that this is what I'm drinking today, okay? You'll notice the Simply Cyber logo branding on it. This is a Burundi French roast. And the best part, this is what I wanted to share with you. Josh Mason's dad is the roaster. Mason Coffee Roasters is a you know a coffee roasting uh, group that makes this coffee, and he, we've been talking together, working on it. He he made this coffee for me based on what I said. I said I would try it. I would drink it live on air, and if it's a hit. I'll switch full time to drinking this coffee, and we can make it available for the community and go from there. And guess what, guys? I if you go back and watch the reel, I took my first sip on air. 
Holy crap, it's good. Oh, I'm going to do it one more time. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. If you like big, bold, dark, heavy, like coffee, oh, stay tuned. I'm telling you, 2024. You think that Simply Cyrus has been uh, killing it in 23? 24, I, I, we're going to be doing so many process improvements on production, on quality. I got, well, ask me a jaw jacking. I just signed a contract with a digital graphic designer yesterday. Ask me a jaw jacking. You guys are going to be blown away with all, everything I got planned um, for 2024. That's why you got to go to the uh, all hands meeting. Anyways, shout out to coffee. Shout out to Josh Mason's dad and shout out to um, just to all of you. So if you're a huge coffee lover, so am I. High fives. Let's go. You investigating X. The European Union said it opened a formal investigation into the platform formerly known as Twitter over potential violations to the Digital Services Act, the first such investigation under that law. A commission will look at how the social network countered the spread of misinformation in relation to the Israel-Hamas war. This will look at the function of its community notes feature, alleged deceptive design with a verification <clears throat> system, and advertising transparency. The investigation isn't too much of a surprise. EU Commissioner for Internal Affairs, Theory Breton, raised concern about misinformation on X back in October. All right. So I, I don't know what story. Again, I don't have the stories um, because CISO series um, didn't post the story today, uh, which is really frustrating. <laughs> um so it wasn't even a cyber story. Basically, Great Britain's launched an investigation into Twitter and Elon Musk for not um, controlling misinformation. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> UK's National Grid pulls Chinese equipment. The Financial Times' sources say the UK electricity transmission network opted to terminate its contract with the subsidiary of the Chinese state-owned supplier, Nari Technology. Mm. This came after seeking advice from the National Cybersecurity Center. Sources say National Grid will remove Nari Technology equipment that manages load balancing as well as communications between energy stations and the grid. The company made the contract decision back in April, but did not give Nari a reason for the termination. Oh my God, this coffee. It's so good. Oh, it's so hot. That hands is so <laughs> hot right now. All right. So Britain's national grid. Um, all right. So, I mean, check this out. If, if you haven't been paying attention, there is a, um, there's been a decoupling of the global economy, specifically around five eyes countries in China. All right. So if you haven't been paying attention, right? Um, China's going in this BRICS direction. The United States um, has, you know, basically started strangling semiconductor technology into China. And because there is dependencies in the global supply chain, um, you know, China could basically say, hey, like we're going to, we're either going to implement backdoors in our technology or we're going to have a, a problem with supply chain and ultimately affect you, right? So this is a like this is like part of turning a cruise ship around right here. Britain's national grid, so a critical infrastructure piece in Great Britain, right? Or or United Kingdom around energy to, is requires some piece of technology um in a in a very critical role 
that's China backed and they're they're decoupling it, right? That's all that that's all this is. I assume that they have concerns. Britain's national grid has concerns that there's some weakness or some capability for Nari technology to uh, decide to turn off electricity transmission, potentially, I don't know. But this is where you're getting into, I'm sure um, I'm sure the, US, um, the British government had security researchers grab some of this technology and do some analysis on it uh, and found something, right? Because if it was just like, oh, we don't want to fund China, I think that's different than we're going to be removing components from our electricity transmission workflows and processes. Okay. Uh, if you work in, if you work in energy, right. And you know, whether or not you're using this technology for electricity transmission, I'm not saying you need to pull it out or be concerned with it, but you may want to investigate a little bit more and figure out if the United States is going to be, rep, uh, uh, recommending, uh, pulling this technologies out again. Energy transmission is typically a private sector um, initiative, but it has public sector um, implications, right? So, yeah, exactly. If there's like backdoors in this stuff or um, like the ability to turn it off um, on demand, that's the problem, okay? Yep, National Grid. National Grid used to be my supplier. Now it's Dominion. There, there's only a, I mean, in the United States, there's a few. Uh, and they're multi-billion dollar companies. But just this right here, to me, this right here smacks with there was an issue or something discovered in this Nari technology and they didn't want anything to do with it, right? And instead of uh, blowing it up with like, oh, we found this, they just pulled out. All right. Adobe ends bid to acquire Figma. The company initially announced plans to acquire Figma for $20 billion back in September 2022. Adobe now says there remains no path to obtaining regulatory approval for the deal in the EU and UK. Adobe will pay a $1 billion breakup fee. The European Commission sent Adobe a statement of objections back in November, warning that the deal may reduce competition in the design software market. Um, okay. Like I said in the intro, I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on this story. My opinions and analysis and expertise is in cybersecurity, not in multi-billion dollar company mergers and acquisitions. So I'm not quite sure why this story is covered. Uh, if you've used Figma, uh, Figma is a cool tool. It basically allows you to mock up user interfaces uh, very quickly and be able to convey those really quickly. Adobe is a massive player in um, I guess, con content game, right? Adobe Reader, Adobe Premiere, you know, the whole Adobe Creative Cloud. I'm a, I'm an Adobe user. There you go. <laughs> Not a good choice of a story. SMTP smuggling looks to bypass email authentication. Security researcher Timo Longin documented this new attack technique, which targets simple mail transfer protocol. This attack takes advantage of differences in how SMTP servers interpret sequences at the end of mail message to get around things like SPF, DKIM, and DMARC authentication. Impact vendors include Microsoft, Cisco, and GMX. Both GMX and Microsoft patched the behavior, but Cisco did not view the issue as a vulnerability, and the technique still works against Cisco secure email instances. 
imagine that Cisco's secure email instances will be addressing this. If not, they already have addressed it. Cisco's way too big a player um, to to and the fact that like Microsoft and and you know whoever else they said Palo Alto maybe um, was able to patch this or fix this. Ah, you gotta patch it. Means that it's probably a pretty straightforward uh, workaround. Uh, for this one, I, I would say make two things. One, make sure that whatever security gate, um, whatever email uh, technology you use, make sure that whatever this SMTP smuggling is, that it's been addressed with your technology. And if it hasn't been, you should email your security vendor, right? Your customer success manager, your client success manager, whatever that role is and email them and say, yo, what are you doing about SMTP smuggling? And if they reply back, what is that? <laughs> Tell them how much longer do you, are we under contract with you? They should know what this is. If this is like a mainstream story like this. In the world of, the other thing that you should do, by the way, is understand how this attack is working, especially if you're looking to um, interview you're going to be asked about phishing emails in some capacity in a job interview, typically. Um, and being able to bust out SMTP smuggling because email, there, obviously there's like filtering and policies that can check emails for, uh, you know, uh, is this like a fishy email, right? Does it smell like three-day-old fish? But there's technologies like SPF, DKIM, and DMARC, specifically those three that go a long way into uh, into managing the security of email. And, and I get the three of them mixed up. Uh, basically, once you implement them, it's kind of like set it and forget it. Like you you put it in place and then they're off and going. But basically, they they prevent spoofing of emails because it'll have like an, uh, an origin uh, integrity verification of the origin. I think that's the DMARC piece. Um, it gets into the headers of the email. It doesn't matter. The point is those three technologies introduce additional levels of integrity into an email and make it easier for malicious emails um, that are impersonating or spoofing um, to, to get called out and either identified or just straight up not delivered. So this smuggling technique can bypass those three things. The three major uh, security advancements that we use for securing emails. So that that to me is why it's interesting um, Oh, we got a little infographic here. Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, you can see here, it, it can it can look like it's coming from a trusted domain, which is the whole thing I just talked about. Uh, is this an actual... Nothing pisses me off more than screenshots of technical stuff that has nothing to do with anything. Um, yeah, this this right here is literally... This is not SMTP smuggling. This is literally just what the mail protocol looks like. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm taking my uh, infographic moan away. That that does not get one. Um, how does it work? Hello? All right. It doesn't say how it works. So I guess I leave that as an exercise to you. Uh, but they said because of that, they can make it look like it's coming from Microsoft, Amazon, PayPal, Office 365, Mr. Cooper, right? The uh, mortgage broker. So get 
This is important. Phishing emails is a massive attack vector, right? I don't care who you are, what business you're in, how big your company is. Email is a massive attack vector. Phishing happens a lot. So if threat actors are able to bypass your security and get those emails in your end user's inbox, they're going to do it and you're going to suffer. So make sure that your your email gateway is pre preventing SMTP smuggling. I'd even go out on a limb and say that this should be a priority for you today. That's how important this is today. And, and, and likely it's already been taken care of. So all you're doing is verifying that it's taken care of. But if it's not, you definitely need to put in uh, temporary controls, right? Around like maybe educating your, like an uptick in activity, educating your end users, whatever. Uh, you might even want to tell your end users anyway, simply because um, their own personal Gmail account or Hotmail or AOL, whatever, like those emails aren't being delivered through your email gateway that you control, right? So educating your end users is always a good thing. Around basic phishing, right? You can even just say, hey, listen, there's been an uptick in activity. You don't have to explain. Don't ever explain SPF, DKIM, DMARC to your end users. Don't They don't care. They don't want to know. Don't do that. Just tell them, hey, there's an uptick in activity and fake emails coming out pretending to be from Amazon. Like pull the ones that make sense, right? Um, delivery services, right? It's the holidays right now. People are getting all sorts of packages. If if my Aunt Donna got an email from UPS saying they're having trouble finding her address, click here. She'll probably click on it. Why? Because it, she's she's like primed for package delivery emails right now. So do your end users a favor and hook them up. New SEC rules in effect. If you're a CISO and you felt the stiff and unforgiving winds of change yesterday, it's because the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission's new rules on disclosing cyber incidents went into effect. These require reporting material incidents within 96 hours to the agency, although this does not require any data on remediation status or any data loss. We've already covered exemptions to the law for things like national security and public safety reasons, as well as legal challenges to it. We can assume we'll see more of those as time goes on. All right. So that's kind of weird. The story title says SEC backpedals on Ford backpedals on four day breach disclosure. But the story that CISO series just read said that the SEC put in a rule and CISOs are bristling up with that. So a uh, little bit of a conflict here. Again, um, my level of angst with CISO series is elevating. Um, I'm so OCD. I'm I'm so I'm so I'm so particular about certain things. Uh and this this is starting to push into the red for me. Um just whatever. Little little extra tidbits Tuesday for you, everybody. Um you're getting to watch me work through this live on stream. Okay, so here's the deal. The SEC is saying that if you are a publicly traded company and you're the CISO uh and you have a breach you need to disclose it. It doesn't even have to be a breach. It could just be a compromise of some sort. Whole bunch of things going on here. Number one, fine. You don't have to disclose what data was breached, how bad the breach was, anything. You just have to say we have breached. So get ready for a chat GPT generated, super generic, vanilla, plain, uninteresting, and really uninformative email coming from publicly traded businesses. On October 8th, we suffered a compromise, period. Like complying with the law and not giving you anything else, okay? 
So look for that. Second of all, and this is probably the bigger one, I would like to know what qualifies a publicly reportable incident. And if you don't work in the industry, um, you may not know this, but like, yes, a, a massive ransomware outbreak that brings your business down to its knees, that is an incident. But Carl clicking on a stupid email and installing malware is an incident. Betty falling for a fish and giving up her creds is an incident. Like it happens all the time. Businesses are regularly hit regularly. Now, multi-factor authentication, Betty gives up her creds. We see a, an odd login from Cambodia, doesn't successfully get through because multi-factor's in place. We reset Betty's credentials, off and running Cambodian threat actor is screwed. Carl clicks on something stupid and installs malware. The EDR agent on the box fires up, quarantines, notifies me, Carl did it. We're not sure. We re-image Carl's machine. He comes back from lunch off and running, right? Th th these things happen all the time. People do dumb, like with all due respect, people make mistakes. People do things. So like what qualifies? Otherwise, you're going to be having a deluge of reporting coming into the SEC because Fortune 500 companies that have thousands of employees are going to be having issues all over the place. And I'm, I'm being uh, hyperbolic right now, intentionally. I'm sure there's some qualifier or else it would be stupid. But my point is, I understand, like, it, I don't know. I want more information. So the reporting is going to be uninteresting and not useful to anybody. And the qualifiers are going to be played with. So whatever the qualifier is, then they're going to say, okay, um, um, this, you know, like whatever, this incident doesn't qualify. Uh, ask me about jaw jacking about the long-term plans with the morning threat brief. Uh, like the, the content itself. I see Rex mentioning some suggestions. Uh, I've already, I've already worked through the solution. I, like I said, when we got into the yellow, I started thinking of solutions. Now we're getting into the red where we're going to implement the solutions. Okay. Let's keep going. Remember, B-Sides SF returns to the Metreon on May 4th and 5th, right before RSA. All right, that sounds like a news story. So, I mean, not a news story. That sounds like whatever. So let's do this. How are we on time? 8.55. Nick Barker, I tried, my friend. Hey, if you were here just for the news, before you roll out, roll out, right? Get a little Luda in here. Before you roll out, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the Simply Cyber community and for joining the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Remember, this Thursday, two days from today, on Simply Cyber Live, we are having Black Hills Information Security's own senior security analyst and superhero, Bo Bullock, dropping knowledge bombs on Graph Runner. This guy is an expert at breaching the cloud, and he wrote a tool that is absolutely epic. He's going to demo it. We're going to play with it. It's a free tool. It's open source tool. If you're interested in learning about cloud security and being a boss, you're not going to want to miss this. Don't go it alone. No, 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 Rex. I've got solutions. All right, guys. I want to thank all of you for being here. Let me take one more slug of this coffee. Oh, it's so good. Josh. Please let your dad know. I'm going to text your dad when I get off the phone here or off the stream.
But um, I can't wait to to work with your dad. Mmm. So good. All right, everybody, to the 382 of you, I wish you a good day. Happy holidays. If you want to stick around for jaw jacking, let's do that. I'm Jerry, your chat. Until next time, stay secure. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Jaw Jack, and I'm your host, Jerry Guy, where we just kind of kick it for 30 minutes, high-five each other, and have a good time. I'll answer any questions anyone has, and I'll be sharing updates and news stories about the Simply Cyber community as well. Great daily cyber threat briefing, everybody. Episode 518, just continuing to grind and bring the heat. Consistency is key. I mean, I got to tell you guys, one of the, one of the, one of the most important things is consistency, um, and just showing up, right? I have audio issues from time to time. The news stories didn't come up today. Uh, sometimes I'm not feeling well. Guess what? Just got to show up. Casually, Joseph with the first question of the J. Jerry, do you think Black Hat Alfie filing the SEC complaint helped catch them? Or do you think the timeline between complaint filing and capture was just a coincidence? I, I think it was a coincidence, Casually, Joseph. Uh, it is interesting. Uh, and for those who don't know, uh, Alfie, like basically, like we just covered in that news story, uh, publicly traded companies have to file within a certain time period that they were breached. Alfie, a threat actor group, compromised a publicly traded company who did not disclose it. And then they called the SEC and told them uh, a bit pretty clever. Um, based on everything I've learned, Joseph, about law enforcement, uh, again, uh, read... Um, um, this book, uh, this is a recommendation from Jenny Housley that I took and I read, and it's so freaking good. You can see I purchased it on July 20th, right here. Fancy Bear Goes Fishing. Actually, I'm sorry, this is the wrong book. This book is awesome, uh, but this is not the book I was thinking of. I'm thinking of um, Tracers in the Dark, and this was a gift from Josh Mason. Uh, and this one's more about crypto. This was a gift from Josh, Josh Mason, but this, this story, this book right here, the whole reason I'm telling you about this is because this book right here goes into two different law enforcement takedowns. One of Silk Road, which was the original OG dark web marketplace run by Ross Ulbrich. And then Alpha Bay, which was a, another, uh, massive dark web marketplace run out of Thailand. And, um, it goes into all the things that law enforcement has to do uh, before they actually like kick in the door and take down the threat actors. And it's very involved. So if I had to guess, Joseph, I bet you law enforcement's been working on this Alfie story or case for six months or longer. And if you saw how many, how many law enforcement agencies were involved, you got to remember every time you add a new law enforcement agency, think of it as like doing a project and every agency is another business, right? So you've got like, you got the vendor, you've got the professional consultants, you've got your own in-house staff people, you've got the business team, right? Like so many, so many players, a lot of coordination. You can't like tip your hand and let anyone know that you're doing the, the law enforcement pieces of it. So if I had to guess, it had nothing to do with the SEC filing. All right. Did Anthony Clay tag anyone? 
Mm. All right, Casually Joseph likes Tracers in the Dark as well. Oh, thank you, BSEC, echoing that. This is how the world ends. Fancy Bear Goes Fishing, Tracers in the Dark. All great books. Definitely agree. Um, so Chris Young's reminding me about the long-term plans with the morning threat briefing. So uh, my, myself and the mod teams have been working together. We actually demoed this um, kind of a, a, like an alpha version of a solution. But basically uh, what we're going to do is this is a priority for me now, like officially in the red, uh, in, in, uh, January or February timeframe, basically after I launched cyber one Oh one, we are going to automate the pulling of the top current cyber news stories, and then use AI voice generation to generate the audio file of those stories and make it available. So basically we're going to decouple from CISO series uh, just so we, we eliminate that, um, dependency. Okay. And more importantly, we'll be able to control what the stories are like that Adobe Figma story had nothing to do with cybersecurity. Right. So that's, they're, they're not even like security companies on top of it. Right. So that story was like a complete, um, like swing and a miss. So with us controlling it, we'll be able to pick stories that are breaking news that we decide are important. And uh, there should be no depreciation in, um, in in quality of delivery because it'll be very much similar. In fact, mods, I, I know that I um, am up here presenting the stories. We could probably actually take the audio and just publish it as its own podcast, like a you know, like a five six minute audio podcast, um, separate from what I do with the daily cyber threat briefing every morning. And uh, we could do that too. So stay tuned for that. Anyways. We have the solution. We just need to implement it and then uh, iterate over it. Uh, let me tell you another thing. Uh, hold on. Yeah, so Haircut Fish asking where will, where, where will we be posting the stories? Absolutely. Uh, once we kick off this project, um, we will iterate over it rapidly. So getting the, the stories up and the audio up is a priority so I can run the morning show. But then uh, rebroadcasting that audio as a downloadable podcast is an option. And then having a channel in uh, simply cyber community, we could do that. Heck we could even just create a website or I could put it on simply cyber.io. We could, we could do anything. We can automate all of this, like all of it. Um, so just stay tuned for it. Um, I promise you, but believe me, I'm getting irritated to the point where it's, come off the back burner and come very much up to the front burner. And I want to solve for this because I don't like being frustrated, frankly. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm very particular. And when something is like sand in my shorts, I want the sand out of my shorts ASAP. All right. Not NSA virus lab says, are you going to build your own at home AI or use a service? No, no, no. We'll, we'll build our own. We'll build our own. We'll just use Python. Like if dude, if there's if a if a solution has an API, it can be automated. We can use APIs to pull the stories. Um uh, we could pull them from the Telegram channel. There is a Simply Cyber Telegram channel. Many people don't I, I forgot I forget to mention that all the time, but that is automated with new, cyber news stories. So we could pull the stories automatically, push it to a text to voice service automatically, generate the MP3s, pull it down then bundle it together, push it to a podcast distribution channel, 
and then have Spotify pull it down and have it ready. We can automate the entire thing. And if you want, I'll make the source code available. I don't care. Let's go. It's it's about getting the stories, right? Anthony Clay, please tag somebody. If not, uh, we're going to do it. All right. Hold on. Jose Alfredo got a job doing deliveries, but getting trained to fill in a cyber job in the near future. Heck yeah. Yes, sir. Way to go, Jose Alfredo. Yes. Jose, Jose Alfredo. Winning so hard. Congratulations, man. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, so another quick question. Chris Young says, uh, signed a contract with Designer yesterday. Yeah, so shout out to Chris Young, who's really, really good um, of reminding me about the things that I, I say. I'll talk about it jawjacking. Thank you, Chris. So check this out. Um, like if you just like, for example, just look at, look at this stream. Okay. I'm a huge fan. If you guys have been longtime members, which I know many of you had, right. All the blue badges in there, Justin Gold, BSEC, Carrie, Jenny Housley, Adam V, right. Like, like many of you have been around a long time, right? Hold on. Space Taco says, I just made contact with my new cyber team and told them I listened to this guy on fire to stay current. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Way to go, Space Tacos. Uh, I love it. All right, so check this out really quickly. Good morning, Diamond Williams. So check this out. Um, I'm a huge fan of, you know, basically 1% better every day, right? Like, I don't want to try to let perfection get in the way of progress. So jawjacking, for example, normally, um, like we end the show and I would talk a little bit and then I made it its own little segment. And like this, this graphic, right? This overlay, this is fine. I love retro synth wave. You guys know this, um, the graphics below, I made this in Canva, right? This is fine, but this isn't like super polished, super clean. I am not a graphic designer. I don't know what I'm doing. I just kind of grab some stuff that looks cool and go with it. So this looks like amateur, but we still have a good time, right? Well, I wanted to take it to the next level. So, and, and guys, Simply Cyber has been around for like three years. We're about to hit 100,000 subs on YouTube. Um, you know, I, I do generate revenue. So I, I'm a huge fan of investing back into the channel, investing back into the community. Holy Jesus, DP coming from the top rope. Woo! Just become best friends. Yep. Jesus. DP with a $100 super chat. Jerry, thank you and the mods for an incredible stream today. And more important, every day, your energy, high standards, and content are next level and an incredible contribution to the community. Community. Thank you so much. DP just basically buffer overflowed my mind. Shout out to DP and KP. Uh, even though it was DP super chat, uh, they're our package deal. DP and KP, thank you so very much. Really, really helpful. So even, even to this point, DP with a super chat, right? I love it, DP. Thank you so much. These type of things enable me. So I've taken uh, some money, right? And I signed a deal with a digital graphic artist um, yesterday. And here is what he's going to be doing. By the way, this guy is the same guy that developed all of Lima Charlie's graphics. If you guys know Lima Charlie.
Okay, Lima Charlie, this graphic right here, he invented that. This graphic right here, he invented that. The entire branding, what fonts they're using, the colors, everything, this dude did it. He is very, it's one person, he's very in demand. And I literally have been asking for over a year to get introduced to him. And finally, I got introduced to him and he's in school and he literally just finished his uh, fall semester and he's starting the spring in, in like February, I think. And he just happens to have time. And he's like, all right, Jerry, what do you want to do? I had a call with him. I laid out everything. Um, and he's like, all right. He's like, I could make a logo, but he's like, let's go bigger. He's like, how about brand identity? How about fonts, colors, logos? Um, how about I make you a cohesive look for jawjacking, daily cyber threat briefing, simply cyber live, simply cyber school. How about we, we tie the whole thing together? So guys, in addition to upgrading the stream, in addition to the, like, um, in addition to, um, like all the things, right? Like the audio, the podcast, like the, the, the production stuff, we're getting an entire like brand upgrade by a professional who knows what they're doing. So look for that. I guys, I can't wait to show you all that this guy's going to come up with. I can't wait. It's going to be so sick. It's going to be so sick. By the way, just shout out really quickly. I did show him. He's like, you know, like what kind of vibe do you like? He's like, I'm seeing a lot of neons and blues and retros. I'm like, I do like that. And then he's like, all right. And I was like, dude, look at this. Look at this graphic. This thing's hotter than a $3 pistol. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I see what you're up to. I get you. Oh, he's like, this is, this is hot. That Hansel's so hot right now. Yes. So anyways, I can't, I don't know what he's going to do. I don't want to constrain the dude's, uh, um, um, creative juices, but just, I am so guys. Yes. I'm working my ass off. Sorry, Ken. I'm working my butt off on cyber 101, right? I'm working so hard. I'm almost done with cyber 101. And a lot of things have gotten pushed to the side, but I've been lining things up. So when cyber 101's done, I can literally launch all these other initiatives that have been, I, I I've been like simmering them. I, I've been keeping a lot of plates uh, up in the air, like spinning, but, but now once this is done, I'm going to be able to focus and really upgrade everything for you guys. Again, January 4th, all hands meeting, town hall, whatever you want to call it. I will be reporting to you what I've been working on and what you can expect me to deliver in the next 90 days. I am so freaking excited about it. Oh my God. Creative freedom. Exactly. I can't wait. And just as a bonus, it sounds like we're going to have dynamite coffee too. Hell yeah. Tony Parrish, exactly. I'm super excited. Um, I'm super excited. Oh, thanks, the arts. Haven't been on the pod in a while. Graphics look good. This is this is what's up. Um, we're going to get that neon sign hung up pretty soon. <laughs> um, I just, guys, if you have had private calls with me, you know Cyber 101 has just been dominating me. Um but I am super excited. It's so close to done. Um, by the way, I've gotten four, four out of the five beta tester students lined up. If you want to be a beta tester student for the uh, Simply Cyber, uh, by the way, I'm going to start calling it Simply Cyber University. 
Um, if you are interested in being a beta tester for Cyber 101, all you have to do is agree to, and I only have one more slot, agree to finish the course in a couple weeks, agree to fill out a questionnaire after you've completed the course, and agree to make a $100 donation to a charity of your choice, then um, let me know. Oh, she's Alpha Sierra. Yeah, that's awesome, Alpha Sierra. Here, you know what, Alpha Sierra? Let me see if I can do this. There we go, Alpha Sierra. There you go, Alpha Sierra. Kicking it old school. Chris Whitlock's in. All right. Chris, I see a couple of people. Eric Ream. I, I appreciate I appreciate it, all of you. This is so good. Hey, I'm going to tag somebody for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Al Alpha Sierra, I'm just going to pull that part of the video out after the show ends. That, so don't worry. About, I mean, it, it's work, which is why I don't do it very often. But I, I can go back in after the stream ends and carve that part out. Um, all right. So check it out. A lot of people interested in the course. That's great. I, I'm super pumped. Um, perfect. All right. So let's tag somebody for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Who wants the tag? It has to be somebody who hasn't done the community challenge in the past and someone who's interested in sharing their story, leveling up and rocking. Uh, just DM me on LinkedIn. I know a lot of you want to be beta testers. I only have room for like one more. So um, I'll, I'll go on LinkedIn afterwards and grab it. If you don't get selected as a beta tester, it's not, it's not, anything to do with you. It's literally, I, I just need um, five beta testers. All right, let's tag somebody. Chelsea Ray Waterhouse currently looking at the GRC Analyst Master Course. Is Cyber 101 the course you were seeking student beta testers or another? Yeah, so Cyber 101, GRC Analyst Master Class has been around for a while. I would love to do it. David P, are you saying you'd love to be the Simply Cyber Community Challenge? Let me know. I'll share another uh, thing with you. Um, what did Darren do? Hold on. I see Darren getting some love. Darren, Darren, where are you, Darren? Going back, looking. Darren finished his bachelor's in cybersecurity. Heck yeah. Yes. Congratulations, Darren. Not, no easy feat, I might add. That's fan fantastic, man. Way to go. I have Cocker Spaniels. All right, Adam V, what's your question? We'll answer it live on stream. Um, come on. Darren, hey. Has Darren, um, has Darren had the, um, let's, let's talk about this for a second.
So is Darren done the community challenge? The man just crushed his bachelor's in cybersecurity, perhaps. Perhaps that's a good reason to be the Simply Cyber Community Challenge baton holder today, right? So Adam, what's your question? Oh, Rottweiler. Oh, those are those are big boys. Haircut finish pat haircut fish passed his LPI Linux Essential Cert. Yes. Dude. Simply Cyber Community is just straight crushing it. We need someone for the baton. Who wants the Simply Cyber Community baton? Oh, Darren's already done it. All right. DP. DP with the super chat. Are DP interested? Let's find out. This coffee is uh, next level. Oh, my only regret is it's done. Jonathan Booley. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Thank you, Jonathan. I see Rhonda uh, offering, uh, I guess she's kind of defer, uh, deferring. And then Jonathan Booley said he's in. So um, Rhonda, I appreciate you jumping in. Um, since you seem... Um, if no one accepts and Jonathan Bully accepted. So let's go ahead and move with Jonathan Bully. Rhonda, thank you. I'll definitely keep Rhonda in mind. Um, we can just tag her next time. DP's long in the tooth. <laughs> That's so funny. All right. So Jonathan Bully accepts accepting baton. We have to have you like opt in Jonathan and say that you're going to do it. All right. So the coffee beans, uh, anonymous person on LinkedIn, it, it's this, um, and again, it's Burundi here. This is the coffee. You can see um, Mason Coffee Brewing, uh, or Mason Coffee Roasters actually uh, made a custom label. I, I really honestly think I'm going to move forward with this uh, partnership. It's freaking good. Uh, but the Burundi, it's hand roasted at Mason um, Roasters. RB passed CompTIA Sec Plus. Heck yeah. Nice job, RB. Winning so hard. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, so Chris Young's asking, are there any prerequisites to be on the Yeet team? Nope. You can be on the Yeet team, Chris Young. Here's the deal. I've been doing the morning brief for like, you know, a, a year plus, right? Almost two years, probably two years. And um, Marcus Kyler, he's always he's always in there first thing, and he's always yelling Yeet uh, when we play the Yeet sound. And then yeet. Adam jumped in. Adam says it. So, like, there's a subset of people who jump on the Yeets right, right at the beginning of the show. So I call them the Yeet team. So if you want to, uh, the only prerequisite, Chris, is that you got to yell Yeet when the show starts. So you got to be here when the show starts, and you got to yell Yeet. Uh, and you can definitely be in there. Does it come in K-cups? That's funny. Got to Yeet the threat actors. That's right. And Andre 
Andre Khabib Brokmanov says, hey, new to the cyber world, looks like what I want to do. Any recommendations on where to start? Oh my goodness. Andre, you have come to the right place. May I recommend here? <laughs> Literally get asked this question all the time, Andre. So I wrote a book. The book is free. Just go download it. I would start there. All right. Oh. Yeah, Valentino's right. Everybody is crushing it. Ellery coming in hot. I love it. So Chris Young wants to do a live audience for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Yeah, I know people have asked about that. James McQuiggan coming in from 35,000 feet, and I talked about doing it at Wild West Hackenfest. The problem is that in Wild West Hackenfest, the time zone, the show's at 6 a.m. And I, you know, I still did it at 6 a.m. James joined me in my hotel room. But getting a live audience at 6 a.m. Uh, could be tr uh, challenging. Uh, so Adam V says, Jerry, I have an interview for IT help desk. Congratulations, Adam. I've done sales my whole life and it translates my whole life and translates it on whether following my passion or the money, any advice. Um, so Adam, Hey, Nick Barker, what's cracking? So I think Adam, you're asking whether you should leave sales and go to it help desk. Um, if you're saying that, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, make, here's the thing you can, here's the thing. Okay. I haven't had a sales job in the past, so I, this is slightly uninformed, but I believe that getting a sales job in cybersecurity, there, there's more opportunity to that. Cause it's usually performance, uh, based, right? Like you have to demonstrate, you can sell since you already have all those skills. You could probably pick that job back up. If you want to pursue a career in cybersecurity, IT help desk is definitely going to set you up for success. Um, and I would like, I wouldn't, I would plan not to be on the help desk very long, right? Just grind, get on there, crush it, crush it, crush it, connect with the information security office, make that a priority, do all the, the training and leveling up you can get either pivot internally. Um, if people see that you're on a help desk and you're applying for cybersecurity jobs, they're going to know, like, it's a wonderful place to start uh, to get into cybersecurity because you're going to be dealing with people. You're going to be dealing with real challenges. It's it's a great stop. Again, do it for six months or whatever and see if that works. And if not, you can always go back, right? All right. Nick Barker's agreeing Wild West Hackenfest is life-changing 110%. Um. Do you think smart cars could be hacked into nefarious? Yeah, Billy DP. Do you think smart cars could be hacked for nefarious reasons? Absolutely. There is tons of existing research on smart cars. Defcon has car hacking village. Charlie Miller has done the um, really noteworthy research on hacking a Jeep Cherokee where he was able to make it shut down, drive off the road. There's been examples of uh, tractor trailers 
I forget that there's like a transportation company or something where the tractor trailers were able to get hit. Now it didn't turn into anything nefarious, but it could. Um, I think just a final thought on this piece. I think the challenge is if I'm going to try to hurt or, you know, uh, cause problems for like Alana, right? So like Alana's my target, right? Then I have to like, it gets really, really uh, difficult because then I have to hack a car. It has to be the same car Alana's driving. I have to know how to control the car. I have to know where Alana is. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things have to line up for a nefarious use case to exist. Now, if you're just some type of like to see the world burn Joker from Batman Begins type person or Dark Knight or whichever one Heath Ledger's uh, Joker was, then yeah, you hack any car and drive it off a bridge. But like if you're trying to be deliberate and targeted, there's a lot of things that have to line up. And Alana, I'm sorry, your name just popped up in chat. So I'm not trying to um, say anything, okay? Is Brett Mason in chat? Did did Josh go get his dad? Hold on. Where's Brett Mason? My first episode. Okay. So first of all, if this is the same Brett Mason, um, first of all, who, whether it is or it is not. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal, Brett Mason. All right. Let, let's, Brett Mason's a first timer, so he gets the emotes. Way to go, Brett. Second of all, if it's the same Brett Mason I'm thinking of, he is the, whoops. Oh, crap. Hold on one second. I accidentally closed the window. And I don't want to, uh, hold on one second. Stand by. Stand by to stand by. Standing by. If it's the same Brett Mason that did this, then he is the artist. He is the artisanal um, muse who, who generated this coffee that I drank on stream today and who I will be drinking. So again, uh, look forward to 2024 as we kind of move forward with what this would look like. Um, if you'd like to also drink this amazing coffee. All right. We got a couple minutes before 930. Let's see what's up. We love the live SC show. AI personality can't replace the real deal. No, no, no. So Tony Parrish, we're not going to replace this experience, right? I'm still going to be talking and everything. It's the AI piece of it is literally going to be pulling the news stories and just reading the news story. I'll still pause it. I'll still give my hot takes and everything like that. We're just, we're just removing um, the podcast part. Yeah, sorry a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, uh Geraldo Gallardo, good to see you from Cali. Actually from California. I, I've said this on the show before, but um I've said this on the show before, but uh I, Nick Barker lives in Oregon. For for years I thought Nick Barker lived in California. And he didn't correct me. So I was like telling people, oh yeah, look at this. The Malibu kid, Nick Barker. And he's like, um, I live in a forest. All right. Let's see. Chris Young, if we have time, can you oversimplify the difference between threat intel and threat hunting and threat modeling? They seem to overlap. Sure. All right. So threat intel, this is, this is like 
informed telemetry, right? So like raw data is coming in. Intel is like taking that data and 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 like um combining it to make decisions. Uh, like, oh, hey, like based on Intel, we have medium confidence that um, Play Ransomware is going to start hitting um, healthcare sector businesses, right? For example, that's Threat Intel. Uh, and I'll give you a resource on amazing Threat Intel in a second. Threat hunting. This is an activity typically done by like SOC analysts. And it's where you may be compromised already, right? Tools, security tooling isn't perfect, right? You can have EDR agents and SIMs and firewalls and all these other things, but threat actors are clever. So they may already be in your environment and you don't know about it. So threat hunting is the activity of going out and looking to see if you have indicators of compromise. And if you do, you've hunted a threat actor down and then you've got to do two things. One, you've got to figure out what they've done. Two, you've got to actually tune your detections so they will detect that behavior in the future and you won't have to go threat hunting anymore. And that, that's what's up. And then the final thing you asked for was threat something else. What was the other one? Oh, threat modeling. So threat intel is like threat intel analysts. Threat hunting is like SOC analysts. And threat modeling, that's more like uh, GRC work where you like, Look at your business, look at your workflows, figure out who is most likely to target you based on the threat intel. And using that threat modeling, then you pick what controls you want to implement, what money you want to spend to get those controls. Maybe even tell the SOC analysts who are doing threat hunting what they might want to focus on for certain threat actors based on your threat modeling. All right, and the threat intel. All right. Oh, oh, we got a hot off the press here. And then I got to go. My stomach is, is, uh, my stomach requires attention. Uh, Justice Department disrupts. Here we go. Hot off the presses. I mean, this is literally just dropped. FBI offers decryption tool to 500 victims around the world. Additional victims asked to come forward. Alfie Black Cat Justice Department disruption happening. Um, yeah, so hey, so um, casually Joseph asked on stream if the SEC filing was part of it. As 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 I predicted and thought, they've been investigating this for 18 months, right? Or Al Alfie's emerged over the last 18 months. Hold on. Let's get some more intel here. According to the unsealed warrant, Black Hat actors compromise uh, networks US worldwide. Um... Miami field office, way to go. Kimberly can fix it. And the, our South Beach friends, Miami leading the charge on the investigation. Way to go. Now look at this. Look at this teamwork here. Germany, Denmark, Europol, Secret Service, Justice Department, UK National Crime Agency, Australia Federal Police, Spain Police Nationale, Eastern Region Special Ops Units, Switzerland, Austria. Dude, I'm telling you, this was a massive takedown. I can't wait. This law enforcement uh, story could be its own Darknet Diaries episode. I love it. All right. All right, guys. I got to boogie out of here, though. Thank you all so very much. DP, thanks for the super chat. 
Uh, Eric Taylor, mod team, thanks for uh, helping with the stories today. Be good, everybody. I'm Jerry, your chat. Have a wonderful Tuesday. I'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time for episode 519 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Be well, and until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one one.